You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome in, everybody, to another week of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, of course, your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. You can send me an email anytime at LockedOnVikingsPodcast at gmail.com. And you can also join the Discord community and a number of other things. You can find all of those links in the description. And here's the thing. Yesterday was a day of love and courtship Valentine's Day. So I figured on this Monday show, we would play a little uh, a little Tinder game. We're going to talk about some possible cap casualties that are coming from other teams, guys that might get cut to save those teams cap space because everybody's in a weird cap situation this year. What with the decreased uh, salary cap? And we're going to see if the Vikings should uh, try to try to get in on that. We also have mock draft Monday coming up near the end of the show. So stick around for that. If you're just in for the draft stuff, we are not forgetting this is week seven, week six, I think, of mock draft Monday. So the pickings are getting a little slim if we try not to do any duplicate picks from previous weeks, which is something we always do there. But let's start with uh, the the little Tinder game. So I haven't really talked about like cap casualty possibilities from other teams. I don't usually because it's like, eh, what if they don't? And then it kind of was like dumb to think about it. But let's talk about some guys that I think will be pretty likely targets to be cut because there are some teams unlike in most years that are just going to have to teams like the Eagles and the Saints even the Packers uh, are, are just going to have to get rid of some guys and there's even some rumors we can talk about as well that a lot of people have been asking about uh, so why do you want to bother with cap casualties though right and I think the the reason is kind of the reason you would think not to right because hey you know if so-and-so got cut there must be something wrong with him right he got released outright they didn't even try to get any trade value for him and I think that like stigma is, I guess, a little overweighted in the NFL. And I think there's an inefficiency to be uh, to be exploited there because at least the way I see it, players who get outright released for cap space, sometimes there isn't anything wrong. It's just the team needed money. They were in a bad contract situation and needed to make a tough decision and get rid of a perfectly good player. Uh, but that will deflate his value almost too much because teams are worried about what they're going to be missing. So this is kind of a thing we're taking advantage of, not to mention the compensatory pick value on this. If you sign a free agent whose contract just expired, that is going to count against you in the compensatory pick formula. It might cancel out a pick that you were going to get for one of your own free agents. But if you sign somebody who got outright released, like for an example from last year, Xavier Rhodes or Linval Joseph, that doesn't count toward the compensatory formula, and you get the player all the same. So there is some reason to look at cap casualties above uh, like compensatory free agents as like an, an advantageous category. So let's start with one that's been rumored a whole bunch, and a, there's been a lot of discussion in the Discord community and on Twitter and stuff about Geno Atkins. Geno Atkins, there was a rumor. I haven't really been able to find anything positive or negative about the legitimacy of this rumor, uh, but Geno Atkins is rumored to maybe be a cap casualty for the Bengals. He would save him like eight and a half million or something like that, and he's coming off a kind of an injured season. He didn't play a lot in 
in 2020 because he was dealing with this shoulder injury. Uh, he went, I think, on IR in training camp when he suffered the injury. They brought him back. It seemed to be too early. He never got more than 20% or more than 20 snaps total in a game, in any game in 2020. And then once it was very clear the Bengals season was kaput, they put him on IR for the rest of the season. And that might be it for him in Cincinnati, which would be quite a run because he dates all the way back to the Zimmer days. And that's the reason we're all talking about Geno Atkins, because he's a Mike Zimmer guy. And Paul Gunther was there, who's now on the Vikings staff. So there's a lot of connection. And so the game I'm going to play here is we're going to do this like Tinder. And for the olds out there who maybe don't know what Tinder is, or maybe you've just been married long enough and blessings to you. Uh, it's a dating app. You swipe left if you don't like him. You swipe right if you if you like him. There you go. Okay, we caught the olds up. Uh, so for Geno Atkins, I don't know where I stand on this because he's old. I don't know if he's going to be particularly expensive, but you just have to check in on that shoulder injury and see if he still has any gas in the tank after like missing a whole year. It's kind of you, you maybe would swipe right on it, but it would be like swiping right on an old flame you happen to come across on Tinder and they swipe right on you too, but you don't actually talk to each other. You just keep it in your back pocket. And you know that you're doing that to each other, but it's okay because you understand like you're in my fallback. I'm your fallback and to get mad about it would just be hypocritical. Uh, the next guy is going to be Mario Addison, the edge rusher out of Buffalo. So Buffalo might cut him. It saves him about $6 million. They're a little bit over the cap. Their cap situation isn't particularly dire. They could just like restructure and run it back if they wanted to. But maybe they get rid of Mario Addison because they have Jerry Hughes on one side, who I think still has plenty left, and he's kind of their superstar. And then you have AJ Epinesa, who was a rookie, and he kind of did a little bit of rotational stuff. And if he's ready to take that next step, they might be able to save a little bit of money by cutting Mario Addison. And the thing about Mario Addison is is that he's plenty good in his own right. He would have led the Vikings in pressures by a long shot, and that's not saying too much, but the margin is. Uh, he would have been very good for the Vikings, and he would be able to, at the very worst, compete with Avadio Denebo, but I think he would blow Denebo out of the water in that kind of competition, and I think it would be worth going in. He's a definite swipe right for me. He's like somebody who says in their bio that like they just got their heart broken, and they're only looking for a rebound, but like, you're fine with that? Like, they're going to tell you, oh, I'm not looking for anything more than a rebound. And you're going to say, yeah, that's totally okay. Let's do this. Now, I got a few more possible cap casualties to talk about. And of course, we have Mock Draft Monday coming up. But first, I want to talk to you about the love and joy of gambling. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL, they're all in full swing. And you can bet on all of them just the same. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They have you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. And it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up at betonline.ag, and you will be able to enter the promo code Locked On. There's a place you can enter that. You get a 50% welcome bonus. That means if in your first deposit, you deposit, say, 500 bucks, that gives you 750 to play with at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Look, it's not football season right now. Maybe you need a little bit of help to keep up with all the other sports that are going on, basketball and baseball and hockey and all of that. And for that, the Locked On Podcast Network presents you Locked On Today with Peter Bukowski providing all of that same local expert and analysis that you would get from a show like this, but for all sports. Covering all the big headlines and game results with analysis from local exports. Check out Locked On Today wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So, it has been, uh, we've gone through a couple of these, and we haven't talked about a guard yet. We have to talk about a guard, of course. That's the uh, the Vikings uh, off-season tradition. We have to go dream about guards. Here's an interesting one. Brandon Brooks, the Philadelphia Eagle. He's been uh, hurt all of 2020. So, again, you have that same kind of, like, is his injury okay thing. You have to go check in on that. But he was 
really good for like all of his career. He's now 32 and coming off an Achilles injury. And the thing about Philadelphia is a, their cap situation is like completely borked and B, uh, they had a right guard that played pretty well in his stead. So it's very clearly like, this is a guy that you could definitely get rid of and shave a little bit off the top, make things a little bit easy. And here's the other interesting thing about Brandon, Brandon Brooks. He is a Kubiak draft pick. That's right, with the Houston Texans in, I think it was 2012, they drafted Brandon Brooks in the third round. So I would imagine the same kind of descendants of Kubiak, literally and figuratively, uh, would maybe be interested in Brandon Brooks. And I, it kind of seemed like he had his best years in those younger years, rather than in Philadelphia, where they do a little bit more West Coast stuff. You might be able to get some some better work with him on like kind of stretch runs outside and outside play action as well. I think that might be a, a better fit. And because he's 32 and he's coming off an injury, the price will be very low. There's just a lot of risk to it. This is like that kind of thing where you, you see a few red flags in the bio and it might be a catfish. Like you can't quite tell if this person is real or not, but if they are real, they might be the one. So maybe let's just agree to meet in a public place like a coffee shop. And if it turns out to be a catfish, you can turn around and leave. But if not, hey, it's worth the risk. Uh, somebody I'm not nearly as bullish on, but who might be cut by the Bears. I know Lauren Cox at uh, Locked on Bears has talked about this guy, and he's kind of been public enemy number one in Chicago. It's Buster Screen. He was their slot corner, and he might be a cap casualty for them, especially if they make the Carson Wentz trade, which as of this recording has not happened, but who knows, because it could happen any minute now. But if the Bears do trade for Carson Wentz, they take on a huge contract, they'll have to make some room, and Buster Screen, as somebody who they're just not that excited about in Chicago, I ended up making a decent tour of, of Bears podcasts when previewing either of those games. Uh, and every single one of them, I was like, yeah, okay, who's your slot corner? And they just groaned. That's not exactly like empirical analysis, but at least in watching the two Vikings games, and I bet if I went in and watched a, a little bit more, he kind of was the guy that you would always target because Kyle Fuller and Jalen Johnson were playing a little bit better. Jalen Johnson fell off a, a little bit as the year went on, but Buster Screen was always the kind of public enemy. And the thing is, the Bears also asked him to do some very difficult tasks. Man coverage out of the slot is really, really, really hard to do, especially because you also have like more complicated run responsibilities, which makes play action that much harder to parse and blah, blah, blah. But the point is Buster Screen is not the best nickel corner, and he's also just a nickel corner. See, the thing is, the Vikings, at the very worst, if they get no nickel corners and Mike Hughes can't play with that neck injury, they still have Jeff Gladney, who they can just put in the slot and just kind of trial by fire, and hopefully he'll be able to kind of pull it together a little bit better. Buster Screen does not seem like a place to spend our limited cap dollars, uh, so I'm swiping left on Buster Screen. I'm good on him if he gets cut, no thank you. He's kind of like, you, you see a pro file it's just full of red flags or it's just like definitely like a robot and you can just swipe left and never think about it again and the last one i'm gonna talk about is uh somebody from the saints i reached out to my good friend ross at locked on saints we do locked on nfl together every tuesday on the locked on podcast network your team every day uh <laughs> i reached out and asked him all right who are your guys because the saints have this crazy cap situation even if drew Brees retires which he weirdly hasn't announced yet and it makes me think we're like in for a twist ending and yeah he like worked out his contract and a whole bunch of stuff, but there's still like some signing bonus stuff that needs to be resolved and all that stuff. Even with his retirement, the Saints are in a pretty rough spot. And I've talked to Ross a lot about what the, the Saints need to do there. And he doesn't seem very worried because there's a lot of restructuring and there's a lot of like cap they can move. They're not like in the Eagles situation where the Eagles have done this for three or four years. They've had a, a gajillion off seasons like last off season for the Vikings where they've had to just keep kicking things down and they're like running out of, of contracts to borrow money from. So while I think Ross is 
is onto something with like, yeah, they can do some stuff. They're going to lose uh, a lot of that liability with Drew Brees and they can get rid of some other players that they're not too happy with. But one that they're going to maybe have to get rid of that they're not very happy about is Patrick Robinson, who is an older player. He's 32. He's been in the league a long time, but he's always been a solid corner, including his kind of heyday was with those 2017 Eagles, the Super Bowl Eagles. You might even remember Patrick Robinson getting a pick six against Case Keenum in that game we won't talk about. Um, but yeah, that that is a really interesting idea because he's played mostly outside corner his whole career. He has played in the slot. So you do have that, like if there's injury or something and you need to kick him in, like you can, you wouldn't do that as plan A, but it's nice to have the option available in an emergency. Um, but he is an outside corner who played like wide corner really, really well. Um, and they are going to have to cut him. He only would have made like three and a half ish million dollars and then getting cut and all of the kind of cap casualty psychology that goes into a market of, of a guy who just got cut in a cornerback market and stuff. This might be a guy that ends up kind of being available for many months and not really knowing what's going on and kind of lowering their, their, uh, contract standards over and over. Kind of like what happened to like Darquise Denard last year or Nikel Roby Coleman, these guys that have, you know, really pretty good resumes and seem to be pretty good cornerbacks, but for whatever reason, teams aren't calling, and then eventually you get them for pennies on the dollar. Patrick Robinson could definitely be that guy, and it would be a little bit like a like a Terrence Newman-esque signing, where you bring in a guy that's clearly most of his career is behind him, maybe he's got a little bit of gas left in the tank, and then he plays a lot better than what you get him for, because there's all these kind of outside factors that would imply a problem, but aren't necessarily a problem for him, but you still get the discount, and I think that that is the true psychology of a cap casualty. So for me, I'm swiping right on Patrick Robinson. It's kind of like, you know, you get really desperate. Maybe you've had a couple drinks and you up your age range and you up the distance you're willing to travel to meet somebody. And maybe you come across somebody who's in the upper range of that age range. And, you know, you weren't really going to do it, but you're kind of feeling it right now. But, you know, maybe rationality prevails. You go to bed, you wake up the next day. You're not feeling great, but you're still kind of feeling this. And you keep the conversation going after a couple of days. And then eventually you bite the bullet and you say, all right, I'll drive the like 70 miles or whatever it is and meet this person. And it turns out to be like a really good time. And it's not going to go anywhere. Obviously, the two of you are in way different stages of life. And then you're not going to try to make anything out of this. But you know what? It was such a good time. It's something you still think about every couple of months. And maybe you even reach out if you get like way too desperate. But you don't think that that's for the best. Maybe this is the best that it's just like a memory now. And you can just kind of appreciate it for what it was and just be glad that you got drunk and, and swipe right that one time. Now we still have Mock Draft Monday coming in. <laughs> we still have Mock Draft Monday coming in, uh, coming down the pipe. But first I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar has a lot of new flavors coming down. Uh, they have, if you got in on that coconut brownie chunk one from the other day, uh, I, I wish you nothing but prosperity, but they still have all their original flavors like mint brownie, double chocolate, chocolate orange if you're into that, peanut butter brownie, stuff you don't feel like you should be able to indulge in if you're like trying to lose or maintain weight, but you can because it's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. It's even keto friendly. For example, the peanut butter chocolate one has 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. So if you want to get in on this, go to BuiltBar.com and when you order, use promo code LOCKEDON. You get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. 
Join the Draft Network's Trevor Sikama and Ben Solak every weekday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Every Monday through Friday, Trevor and Ben break down everything you need to know about the NFL Draft, upcoming prospects, and more through the Draft Scouting lens. With mock drafts every Monday, just like on here, you can get an early look at which top prospects might be available for our Vikings over at Locked On NFL Draft. Subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So let's move off the free agency angle. Let's talk a little bit about Mock Draft Monday. So if you haven't been with us for all of these, no worries. You should go check them out, though. They're pretty fun. Uh, But here's how we've been doing this. I've got the Mock Draft Simulator over at thedraftnetwork.com fired up. I'm not doing any trades or anything like that. We're just doing the first three rounds, so we're keeping it all very simple. But the rule is I can't draft anybody that I've taken in a previous week of drop of Mock Draft Monday. So, for example, in the first round thus far, we've done six of these. And I've taken guys like Gregory Rousseau, Rashawn Slater, Elijah Vera Tucker, Christian Derrissaw. A lot of the kind of classic guys you always see mocked to the Vikings are now off limits to me. So I have to think outside the box a little bit, which means the pickings are getting pretty pretty slim. And I'm going to reset this after free agency, which means we only have a few more to do and then we can get back to kind of normal. But this time I wanted to take somebody that a lot of people have asked about for a while, and that's Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle out of Alabama. Now, on currently on the Draft Network's big board, he's ranked like 36th. So that's kind of a reach, I guess, if you want to go by that. Now, that's far from set. And I think the general rankings this year are going to be a little less valuable because there's no combine and there's a, a lot less, you know, a lot of these guys sat out the 2020 season. So there's a lot more like difficulty in evaluating guys based on tape. And usually that kind of reach would be something I wouldn't consider, but I think I am willing to open it up and kind of add a larger margin of error. Um, but he is like kind of the perfect mold that Mike Zimmer wants. Uh, he is a penetrator. He gets, you know, that vertical disruption is one way to, to talk about it. He's a three technique that can get up. He can hold his spot. He can, you know, be versatile and, and be uh, multi-talented. He's not like, you know, Hercules Mata'afa, a little bit of a one-trick pony where he doesn't, he's not going to hold his spot in the run game. He's somebody that you put in specifically on passing only downs to try to get into the backfield because he's a quick guy. That's not Christian Barmore. And the other thing is the Vikings just took somebody off of Alabama's defensive staff in uh, Carl Scott. So that is also a connection that might lead the Vikings to be a little higher on Barmore or be a little bit more willing to take him or at least more likely to do like a lot of homework on him. And then if they decline Christian Barmore, then it's, you know, a more informed decision. And and maybe that in and of itself can be an interesting thing to think about. Um, But he's the thing about him is that he never started. Now, Bama had some gods in front of like Quinn and Williams and these guys in front of him that, of course, like he, he kind of that there's no shame in in being benched for like Quinn and Williams, who was just insane. But there is at least the idea that even if it's not necessarily his fault that he was benched, that does give you a smaller sample to evaluate off of. So that's, of course, very difficult. But, you know, it's not a horrible thing. And of course, it fills the need for the Vikings. The Vikings need a, a an interior penetrator, somebody who can get into the backfield without going up and around the tackles, which is basically all they had ever since Sheldon Richardson left or ever since like Sharif Floyd got hurt if he didn't even like Sheldon Richardson. So they've kind of been, I think, too content to just stop up the middle of the field and let the edge rushers do all the work. And then, you know, they didn't have any edge rushers last year. So, of course, everything fell apart. But now I think they should try to get penetration through different angles and take advantage of people's guards. Here's the thing. The league does not invest a lot into the guard position. There is an inefficiency there 
go kick the crap out of everybody's fifth round pick that's starting at guard because they know that they can do double teams and centers and stuff and it, it just go beat the crap out of that guy. We've seen it happen to the Vikings a million times because they trot Dakota Dozier out there. Vikings aren't the only team doing that. So if you can get somebody who can penetrate, get interior pressure direct at the quarterback, it just works wonders for the edge rushers. It works wonders for a, a young secondary or if you have injuries anywhere and you have to put in players. That would have done so much for the Vikings in how many players they had to trot out there that had no business being on an NFL football field. If they had some legit interior pressure, so many of those problems could have been alleviated. And so I would be game for Christian Barmore, assuming that he is indeed somebody that should be a mid first round pick, which I'll look deeper into later, but we'll go with it for now. And hey, it's worth talking about. But we still have two more picks to deal with here. We let the second round sit. We'll probably try to get back up into the second round once we open this thing up to trades, which I think I'm going to do after free agency. Uh, so, you know, stick around for those. We'll start doing trades, start getting weird about it. Um, but I wanted to stick with the defense here because here's the thing, you know, I, especially if we go with some of the things that I, I advocated for earlier in the show, like if you get Brandon Brooks and maybe, you know, you don't get rid of Riley Reef, which it, I don't know, they gave him that bonus. That sounds like there's a relationship that maybe they want to repair. Of course, it's not 100 percent a thing. And there's reputational stuff to that, too. We talked about that earlier uh, last week, if you're interested in it. Either way, you don't necessarily want rookies like starting it right away again, like that kind of sank the Vikings having to just just trot rookies out there trial by fire. Let's go grab a cornerback and have him compete for the job with uh, potentially a Mike Hughes or potentially a Patrick Robinson or something like that. Let's grab a cornerback because there's actually a lot of interesting secondary guys available in this third round. So I went double secondary in the third round here. The first guy I took was Paulson Adebo. He's a cornerback from Stanford. Uh, he's somebody that I've thought about taking a lot in a lot of these mock draft monies and I've never gotten around to it. But now because a lot of the other guys that I like have been taken and we're doing, you know, we're double dipping in this third round. So that's getting really slim. Uh, let's go for it. He's to me, at, at least the the things that I've been able to research about him, he seems to me like a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none type, Where, and that's not a bad thing, by the way, for a cornerback. He's somebody that kind of can do everything, and the only thing that he's like a little bit like maybe soft at is uh, he's not the most willing tackler in run support. So a lot of people say he's also only an outside corner. He doesn't have the quickness. Vikings wouldn't want a corner. You don't want to spend resources on a corner that you would need to be a slot corner. They've already kind of got a lot of competition in there. So it's okay to be a total only outside corner in my book if you know you're doing another Cam Dantzler basically. And but even Cam Dantzler had some physicality. He had some dog to him, you know. He had some punch to him in college. And so it's something that Zimmer really doesn't like, you know. The the, uh, the draft network compared Debo to uh, CJ Henderson. And I knew CJ Henderson, and you could say like Greedy Williams too, that kind of, you know, lanky, contested ball, really fast, but not like a physical runs. Zimmer doesn't like those kinds of guys. And I think with good reason, right? You don't want to be soft on your second, especially, you know, in press, and you're going to go up against Julio Jones types and stuff like that all the time. You don't want to be soft. And I don't think Paulson Adebo is as like run soft as like, I mean, Greedy Williams, you could see him actually make business decisions. Uh, and that's not what Adebo does. It's, it's like the only thing, but it's not like a huge problem. You still would absolutely absolutely be able to ask him to do run support and stuff like that. Uh, he just doesn't like pop the pads the way that, you know, some like slot corners, the way that guys like Jeff Gladney would, or even guys like Cam Dantzler, who with the body he has, has no right to be popping pads, would actually go in there and like kind of, you know, lower his shoulder and get a hit in. And that's the kind of thing Zimmer really likes. But it's not really horrible. And the thing is, he's a really good 50-50 ball, like contested catch guy, which is great because if you can, uh, you know, as a rookie, if you're going to get beat off the line, but maybe you have enough speed to catch up, 
up and it ends up being a contested catch, you don't want to be the, the Trey Waynes that would always be in position but would never make the play. It's nice to be able to get around from that. So I like Paulson Adebo's chances to compete for a starting role with somebody else on the roster, and I think that makes him a decent third-round pick. I think if your third-round pick is, is legit a competitor for a starting job, even if he doesn't win it in his rookie year, I think that's a guy who's on the right track for a third-round pick. And then, like I said, I'm going to double dip into the secondary with Hamsa Nazrildin. Uh, he's a safety from F- FSU, and he has that pad pop in physicality. A lot of people might actually uh, pigeonhole him to a box safety. I don't know if everybody will agree with that, but he's going to come off as this guy that's like not quite as reactive in that, that center field role, breaking on the ball, getting in there. He's kind of late to arrive to the ball and some outside stuff when he has to be a single high and stuff like that, and that is a problem. But otherwise, he's versatile. He can play, you know, a high safety with uh, like in cover two, he can play in the box or as a, as a slot corner. If, you know, you get outmanned or something like that, he can uh, play all of those roles. And that's really important in the NFL transition. What happens a lot of times, you know, they'll uh, motion a tight end out to play in the slot instead of in line. And that changes the alignment such that a safety has to play man to man from the slot. And so seeing that he's able to do that is awesome. I, I a lot of this sounds a lot like the J Ron curse type player that I think the Vikings are missing, but I don't think in the third round, I don't want a guy who tops out as sub package guy, which seems like where J Ron curse's career is pretty much going to top out. Um, so I, I wouldn't love that aspect of it, but he has that physicality. He can go pop the pads. He can go, uh, you know, play in like cover two or something like that. The problem is you can't ask him to play like single high. And that sucks with the way that the Vikings roll coverages that rip Liz stuff we talked about when uh, Carl Scott was hired. And so you'd kind of have to get him to think a little bit faster and, and to read things a little bit faster and break on the ball a little bit faster. If you know, you can kind of make up a step with reaction time if you can get good at that. And so you would maybe need somebody else to start in the meantime, or just kind of be a little bit hamstrung, but not horribly so. And I think the versatility and the, the idea that he can come in and play all those other safety roles is, I think, better than you usually get in the third round. So we're taking the FSU safety. And the other thing is he's also good on special teams. So if it does turn out, it comes into training camp and you're like, nope, this guy can't read fast enough. He'll be a disaster if we put him on the field. He's not going to be a healthy scratch. He'll still be able to, you know, suit up, get his feet wet, get into the game and earn his keep elsewhere, which is a really valuable thing. So you don't have to just like Drew Samia this where the guy's just a healthy scratch and you're just kind of stashing, a, stashing him with the roster spot, you're still getting some level of value from him that you don't have to replace with somebody else. So that is this week's uh, Mock Draft Monday. We are getting really close to free agency. I can't wait. Tomorrow is Twitter Tuesday, so make sure you get me your questions. I'll put out a prompt on Twitter as well for questions for Twitter Tuesday. You can just send them to me at NFL on Twitter or at LockedOnVikings on Twitter. You can email them to me at LockedOnVikingsPodcast at gmail.com. You can also put them in the Discord. There's also a Google form you can uh, fill out. Whatever's easiest for for you and all those links are in the show notes of course i will see you all tomorrow and as always skull